Hey everybody, welcome to Drive Through Review 460. Uh, today I'm going to kind of jump out of my normal realm of reviewing board games and actually going to review this RPG, which is the end of the world. Now you can see two books here. This is the end of the world, the zombie apocalypse. And then behind here we have Wrath of the Gods. And I think shipping now, not quite yet in stores, is an alien invasion. So what this is, is various end of the world scenarios. It's actually gonna be a robot one, I think released later this year. So there's gonna be four books, at least right now in the series, and each of them is self-contained. So if your zombie one doesn't sound interesting, you can get the Wrath of the Gods or whatever. And it's gonna have the complete rule set, which is pretty simple, at least as far as RPGs go. And then each of them is gonna have, I think, these two at least have, four sort of scenarios or types of environments that you can play in. And then you're going to actually play as yourselves. So we actually had a chance to play the end of the world zombie apocalypse, a uh, custom scenario uh, that Matt Evans there on Board Game Replay actually uh, put together for some of us. And we sat down and we played it at BGGCon. So the actual game took place at BGGCon. So not only are you playing as yourself, you're also playing where you're sitting. Uh, so let's jump into uh, how, some of the mechanics of the game, which aren't too crazy. Uh, and then I'll kind of come back here and tell you what I think of it. Okay, so like I said, you can get right now two books. There will be an Alien Invasion book and then a fourth book uh, later this year, I believe. Uh, your only other thing you'll need is some dice. You need some D6s here, and you want at least two different kinds of dice here. So we have here our friendly reference pair dice, and then our evil rooster die. So it doesn't matter, you can just get a bunch of black and white dice, or red and blue dice, or whatever you want. And as you do sort of challenges and different attempts during the game, you're gonna add some positive dice to your dice pool, and then maybe some negative dice to your dice pool. And then you're gonna roll against an attribute number on your character sheet. Now this character sheet can be found in the back of these books and photocopied or you can go to Fantasy Flight's website and print them off. So you can see here the picture in the inner inlay and these are a bunch of friends sitting around the gaming table and this is where everything begins in terms of the story as well as creating your character. Now what we did is we actually spent some time a little bit online beforehand but mostly we spent a good maybe an hour I would say uh, sitting around and creating our characters and voting on our different attributes. So what you're gonna do is you're going to give yourself uh, some starting attributes. So you have physical, mental, and then social attributes. So you've got more uh, offensive attributes, dexterity, logic, and charisma. These are more something that you would exert sort of proactively on the environment. And then you have defensive. So you have vitality, willpower, and empathy. So you can see in the zombie world, or any scenario that where the world is ending and chaos is happening, vitality is very important. Of course, you know, sort of hit points in a way to live, willpower to sort of withstand the mental, you know, insanity of zombies or Cthulhu or whatever you're playing. And then empathy, sort of dealing with uh, you know other human beings and stuff and then you're also going to add here features and most of the time you'll have one positive and one negative future feature now one aspect of it is in this particular case they actually gave me a bump in logic from a three to a four and so but to sort of balance that I had to take on a negative uh, trait here and then here, everybody was pretty much right. So one thing to sort of keep in mind, I'll talk more about this in the review, is you want to be around some people that you don't mind kind of discussing yourself with when you create the character. Now, you actually don't have to use yourself. You could, if you wanted to, 
play as maybe like a famous person or as an archetype. And then you can maybe be a little bit more comfortable with this. Like you can say, oh, I'm an elite, you know, army uh, soldier or something, or I'm a professional athlete or, or whatever, you know, you can be whatever you want. Maybe you're a news anchor or something. Uh, and then you can kind of negotiate this like, so, but there's sort of like, I don't want to say negotiation because nobody's really fighting, you know, during this point, but it's just kind of a way to sort of balance the game. And it really does start to get you into the game and how you or your character is going to interact with this sort of insane environment. So, like I said, everything starts where you're at. So if you go to your game shop, then in the case of the zombie game, maybe everybody in your game shop turns into a bunch of zombies. And then you can kind of have fun with it there. Now, I'll talk more about that sort of thematic stuff. Uh, and then, you know, there's very nice artwork throughout all these. And the artwork is definitely themed uh, towards the, you know, whatever book you're in. So even though the rules are exactly the same, you know, you can see, of course, there's nice art and everything that kind of is themed, uh, you know, based on the book that you get. And so it goes through the steps here of creating the characters. You might actually record some different equipment here. You can see my character in the course of our uh, little mini campaign that we started. I had a cell phone and luggage and because I was at the convention. And then I ended up with a Glock 45 at one point. Uh, so you can record some of that. And now some of these features and equipment that you get are going to influence your different checks. And they give you some examples here. If you have a hard time coming up with like, what's a negative feature that I have, you know, or what's a positive feature that I have, or, you know, what maybe some equipment that you might not think of like, Oh, I've got a lighter in my pocket. You know, you can add that. Uh, so it gives you some good examples here and how they sort of interact. And what's going to happen in the game is you're going to make different attempts. And so you can see where these scores come in here. Um, you know, if I'm sort of rolling a dexterity, maybe I'm trying to jump a fence or something. So you got to kind of think, okay, I've got to roll a two or less to succeed. That's going to be kind of hard. So you're kind of rolling for a low number. And then sometimes you might actually have a uh, effect come into play. So maybe nearsighted. Okay. So I'm actually going to add a negative die because maybe Joel lost his glasses. And so he's going to roll this. Now, if you roll the same number, and you might actually, you know, usually have multiple dice as you progress. Anything that matches the two matching numbers is going to cancel each other out. Now, if you have any uh, negative dice left over, you're going to have to take a little bit of strain here. And you might actually take, uh, or excuse me, stress. You might actually take stress if you fail as well as, like that because there might be uh, zombies chasing you and things like that. But basically that's the test is you figure out, you kind of negotiate with the DM. Okay, I've got this, I've got this ever extra ability. So maybe I'll add in a second positive die and then he'll say, you know, I've taken in a, another negative die because you're, as you're trying to pick this lock, for example, there's zombies sort of banging on the door. So you're kind of hurried and everything. So you're going to do that. And then you're going to, as you record stress, sort of move up the chain here. So I took at one point two stress here from being uh, chased by zombies. And then I took some mental stress because uh, in this particular adventure, uh, adventure, in this particular scenario, we were watching people get eaten and go crazy. Everybody was taking different stress. So as you actually move up here, it's going to be harder for you to get more stress because you build up sort of a tolerance. It's like you think, okay, the first person I saw get eaten, that was a huge deal. The second and third, okay, now I'm kind of used to that. That's my new reality. So as you move up here, you actually need sort of two stress points to move up one slot and then three to go up each of these last ones. Now, if you ever fill up any of these bars, you're going to die or go insane and you'll be out of the game. 
Now you can actually rest. We didn't have an opportunity to do that, but we can say, okay, if we can take a, a couple hours maybe to rest here, and then we can erase these down and then get rid of them. And then you have to take on a new trauma here. And so we'll add a new maybe uh, sort of thing. So maybe I broke my leg and then I rested for a month. And so I had built up a bunch of stress. And so I would rest and wipe out both of those levels. And then I would have that broken leg, but that would now act as a negative die modifier. I'd have to act another negative die when I try to leap over that fence. And so that's just how it kind of goes. Now, that's really basically what it is. It's a similar uh, type of thing if you're if you're sort of struggling with somebody, uh, the NPC characters have stats and everything that are similar to these. If we're trying to sort of wrestle, we'll each roll on the test and then it's sort of an individual test and you compare the number of successes that you had left over, whoever had the most successes would win and so on. And maybe certain equipment even would add to, uh, you know, maybe this Glock 45 has a sight. So I'd get a plus one on my dexterity roll to try to aim and shoot whoever I was trying to shoot at. And so if we look back here, so getting into uh, the campaign and whatnot, whoops, we can have different scenarios. And like I said, each of these comes with four. And let's give you a first example here. Now, you might want to stop watching if you don't plan on playing this. I don't think so, though. I, I would say you're, you're safe. I'm not going to spoil too much because what these really are is giving you ideas for running different zombie scenarios. So you can see this one is Night of the Meteor. So you can think, uh, you know, Night of the Comet or Night of the Living Dead. And that is what's going to awake the zombies. And you can see each of these here has an apocalypse. This is sort of like as this event is happening, it's going to give you some background and like who the different NPCs involved are, uh, what other people are doing, maybe what the government response was. It's going to give you sort of a timeline here that you can sort of time actions that are happening outside of your player's environment. So if it takes them two hours to get out of the convention hall, then certain things will happen. Whereas if they're in there for two days, you know, maybe they're huddled in the stairwell for a couple of days or something crazy like that, then you're going to know kind of where they're at and what's been going on. You can set up different, uh, you know, locations and things, and there'll be, let's find some NPCs here. So in this particular one, we, we have ghoul horses, so zombie horses, zombie dogs and stuff. And maybe you don't want to do that kind of zombie adventure. You might go into this no room in hell. And you might even mix and match and pull different creatures and stuff from them. But each of these is also going to have a post-apocalypse. So you might run, you can just run one shot. And at the end of the game, all the players die. But you try to set up for them some kind of a glorious death. Or maybe a couple of them die. And then the other, you start, you write like a little epilogue and say, okay, you guys hunker down in the base or whatever. And then, you know, you do your thing. Or you can kind of do a couple of scenarios and then maybe after a month or two of playing, you can kind of say, okay, now six months have passed or two years have passed and now we're in the post-apocalypse scenario and there's a new you know, world order, there's a new government and there's new kinds of stuff like that and then you can keep playing. So one of the cool things that it tells you to do is like go to your local gas station, which is kind of silly nowadays because everybody has Google Maps, but you can go and get a map and you can kind of set up, you know, your scenario, your map for that particular adventure in the RPG. And then, so that's kind of this one. I haven't actually, like I said, played with the Wrath of the Gods. Uh, I just kind of got it just because I like the, uh, the zombie one. And there are some really interesting scenarios here. And I'll sort of just mention these quickly and then kind of go into the review. Um, let's see here. Find the table of contents. And so here, yeah, this one has the four scenarios. It's got 
Gaia's revenge, so it's kind of like the Earth coming back alive and taking revenge. Then you have the return of uh, Quetzalcoatl, which is sort of like a Mayan apocalypse. Then you have Ragnarok, which courts like Thor and Odin and the Vikings. Then you've even got Revelation. Actually, this one has five. Uh, Revelation. And that's sort of the Christian uh, apocalypse, if you will. So there's the four horsemen and all that kind of stuff. And then you have this is, that is not dead. This is sort of your Cthulhu apocalypse. And so it has obviously different scenarios. Here's Quetzalcoatl and different stuff here. Different, different art. The art's really cool and everything like that. So, you know, here's the Christian one with the, uh, you know, the locusts and all that kind of crazy stuff. Um, so it's really, really interesting, and you could even mix and match, I would say, uh, you know, zombies with Wrath of the Gods, with the aliens, with the robots, and just, you know, build up a crazy world, and, and this gives you a very simple uh, sort of set of mechanics for very simple things. You don't really have hit points necessarily, but you have these realistic things, uh, you know, broken legs, uh, you're, you're blind in one eye, you've taken so much mental strain that you're not really thinking as straight as you normally were. Uh, so, because no, those things really shouldn't be equated into, I have 50 hit points, you know, I don't know how many hit points I have as a human being, <laughs> but I do know what a broken leg does and that kind of stuff. Okay, so that is the end of the world. Uh, what do I think about it? Well, I kind of want to just quickly sort of compare it to these two other RPGs, which I've been uh, either investigating or playing. Uh, I have Edge of Empire here, and the dice system really kind of reminds me of that kind of combined with the uh, the D and D, uh, the new D and D Five E, which I've been playing online, uh, sort of temporarily suspended for the time being. Uh, but I've really enjoyed the D and D Five E, and. Uh, then I really did enjoy End of the World. I haven't played Edge of the Empire, but there's some similarities with just, you know, the dice and canceling dice and stuff. So it feels like if you played either of those games, uh, then you'd be able to really get into this. And I find that this one probably is maybe the simplest and easiest to get into if you haven't played an RPG. Um, you know, the D&D &D one's a little bit easy to get into because if you're familiar with fantasy and just sort of playing RPG type of stuff, uh, you can get into it. But... I really had an interesting time with this. I would say I had a good time, but there was also some very interesting moments that I didn't really expect. And it's because you're playing as yourself, you know, with your friends and possibly your family at the same time. So there's a certain kind of different kind of immersion with this game than it is where I'm like the elf cleric or wizard that is blasting and nuking goblins and being kind of a snarky smartass. <laughs> Whereas in this, it's like, okay, there's a human being in front of me who I think is hostile, but I'm not really sure. I know they're probably under a lot of stress. So why am I pointing a gun at them? They were shooting at me earlier, you know, and stuff like that. And I watch this crazy person sort of uh, eat these other people and kill these other people. And it's just chaos. And um, I had a friend of mine, uh, Marty Connell, who does uh, Rolling Dice and Taking Names, a podcast. He actually played this with his family. Uh, but prior to BGGCon, and he said there were definitely some issues there because they were there as a you know, husband and wife and, and, and kids. And so right away, it's sort of like, okay, you can kind of take it two different tacks. And it's really going to kind of depend on the group. You can play it sort of cowboys and Indians or whatever, sort of buckaroo bonsai, just silly kid stuff that's not realistic at all and just be shooting stuff and doing all that. But if you really try to, you know, add in some a level of humanity there, it's going to be kind of difficult, and I think, for some people to play because you're imagining your wife in trouble or your kids are in trouble or your friend's in trouble, 
and you know you sort of see them and depending on how well and how into it the folks get into it then that's really going to kind of pull you into it um you know so it it's almost like it's fun but it would, I think it might be hard to play over an extended period of time, unless you can kind of sort of disengage and sort of collectively agree to disengage and just play very cartoony style. Uh, but that's cool. I think that's very interesting. I don't think you could, um, well, again, I'm not a big RPG player. Uh, just, you know, my background is I've been playing the D&D 5e in this, this past year, but uh, the last time I played a real RPG was in college, which um, was in 1990-something, <laughs> uh, late 90s. But, uh, you know, we played D&D there in college, and uh, that was fun. But that was super silly and uh, and just kind of, uh, you know, whatever. It was just college crap, right? So um, this other level of playing is something that I hadn't really experienced but I could see people getting, you know, to that level with their D&D characters, for sure. I mean, I know people that really get into it, and it's, it's, they get into that sort of, I don't want to call it escapism, but they, they commit to that level of just investment and, and sort of exploration of that character in that world. Um, so I think this is probably a little bit easier to slip into. Now, maybe for others, it would be harder, because with the D&D or whatever, you can sort of just compartmentalize it, jump away, Think about your character, you know, you escape from work, you write your character's backstory, you get into it in that way. So maybe for some people that would be easier to sort of get into and very commit to, whereas others, this would be easier. So to me, it's a two very different experiences and I expect for most people, they will kind of be polar opposite experiences, even though mechanically, there are some nice similarities with sort of how the dice work and everything. Uh, so would I recommend it? I would say, yeah, because um, I don't know that I'll have much time to play this outside of uh, playing with the folks at BGCon and stuff like that. But um, just because my group doesn't really have, uh, we have some folks that play Pathfinder, but that's it. Uh, there's not really time to do otherwise. But I would get into this if I had the time for it. <laughs> that's what I'm trying to say. Um, I I would recommend you at least maybe get one of these and maybe you don't like zombies, you know, you can get like the robot one or something. But it is a very interesting experience that I think is worth doing at least once. Um, the only other caveat I kind of mentioned during the walkthrough was the character creation aspect of it. And I think that could be hurtful for folks. If you were with uh, like a group of strangers, you know, that might be a little bit difficult. Uh, it does tell you sometimes the list traumas you have. So if you have some kind of, um, you know, like let's say you have anxiety or you have ADHD or, you know, you have any any number myriad of sort of mental conditions or you have you know, some kind of physical ailment that you don't really feel like talking about with people, then that could be weird. But, you know, that's just going to vary from person to person. If you're with a group that you're comfortable with or you just, you're kind of easygoing anyway, then that can kind of add to the story as well. So I think that's just an interesting space to be in, in terms of like, I don't think of any of this stuff when I go, let's play a game, <laughs> you know, like that's not the first thought that comes to my head. And I don't think that's a problem. I think that's kind of cool that you can a game, quote unquote, can be, you know, something like this. So that's all I have to say about that. Um, but I would take a look at it. If it's something you feel like exploring, I can't remember how much I picked these up for. I want to say it was like 30 bucks or so, because I got one of them on Amazon and one from my game store. Um, obviously it was more from a game store, but you can go check it out. I think it's a reasonable price. Um, you know, you're kind of a little bit redundant if you get the different books, because the rule sets are, um, you know, repeated, but I think there's a good amount of information in here to kind of get your juices going as a DM. And I only played it as a player, 
but you know, it's a collective storytelling thing anyway. So the DM kind of lights the spark and then hopefully the players uh, kind of fan the flames of that a little bit. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's the game. Definitely take a look at it. Thanks.